Welcome back to the Snap Judgment Gratitude Special. My name is Tim Washington, and today I'm talking about the stories and the things that we are grateful for. And for me, I am so thankful for Snap Nation, for all the love and support you listeners have shown this crazy, ridiculous enterprise that is Snap Judgment. Thank you. And we want to hear what you're grateful for. So we sent Snap Judgment digital producer Marissa Dodge out on the streets of Oakland. I am grateful for my grandchildren. I have one that's going to be two in about a week, and I have a brand new one who's five months, and I'm grateful for them. For my family, my friends, and my health. I'm always grateful for my health, um, be able to have a job and a roof over my head. Anything else is extra. I'm grateful to be sane, healthy, alive, and out of prison. This season, what am I grateful for? Um, If it's directly in regard to this whole Thanksgiving thing, because I'm Native American, I actually boycott the entire holiday. Um, But I'm really grateful that for, you know, the holiday season, I'll get to go to a sunrise ceremony on Alcatraz Island with my sister. So that's the first time we've been able to do that. And I'm really excited and super grateful to spend time with her, especially at ceremony. I'm grateful that, um, that my mom uh, survived uh, cancer for the second time. My family and my friends. I'm grateful for a lot of things, but just being healthy and my family. To be alive. I'm grateful for my mom. Sometimes when really bad things happen, you have so much to be grateful for. Particularly, I would say my friends have come through really big time for me in the past uh, six months. So just fixing me meals, taking me out for dinner, sending me a text, all those things have been incredible. Snap Judgments, Marissa Dodge and the good people of Oakland, California. Thank you. Now, our next story goes to show, if you really have something to tell someone, tell them now. KUOW reporter Liz Jones takes it from here. My friend Ben, he's known he was gay since about the seventh grade. And he says although he came out to almost everyone in his life early on, he put off telling his parents for a long time. So growing up, there were always times that my mom would ask me, so when are you going to get married? I mean, I would never know when it was coming, but it would come up all the time. Just, when are you going to get married? When are you going to have kids? Do you have a girlfriend yet? And I would just try to change the subject, you know, saying, I only want to talk about it. This is actually from an interview I conducted with Ben nine years ago. So you have to remember that back then, there was no gay marriage. That still seemed like a long way off. And Ben, he just didn't want to break his mom's heart. He'd planned to tell his parents in college, but then his mom's health took a bad turn. She developed a brain aneurysm, went blind for six months, had heart trouble, and needed a pacemaker. 
It just never seemed like the right time. You know, so another year would go by and another year would go by. It was getting to be ridiculous because I was in my 30s at this point and I just wasn't that kind of person. Like, I think it was a disappointment myself. It's like, gosh, you just have to do it. You just have to get it over with and not have this hanging over your head. Finally, one New Year's, he was at his parents' house, hanging out with his mom in the kitchen, and she asked the same question that she always asked. She's just asking me, you know, Junior, when are you going to get married? And so finally, I was just like, you know what, I'm just going to tell him. So I, you know, I said, Mom, I'm never going to get married because I'm gay. And she, she starts laughing at first. She goes, oh, very funny. You're not gay. I'm like, Mom, I'm gay. Then, you know, she just gets this really perplexed look, almost like kind of pissed at me, maybe. like. And then so we kind of got into this little, you know, not quite a fight, but just more of an argument. And I could just see her disappointment. But I definitely felt a big weight off my shoulders on my list of huge things I needed to accomplish in my life. That was a huge check mark that I was able to take off to finally come out to my parents and to be completely out. After that, although Ben's dad was fairly accepting, his mom just didn't really talk about it. But Ben figured that's okay. He'd done his part, and now she was processing. I guess it was about a year and a half later, my sister had gotten engaged. And um, we were at an engagement party. And, you know, at that point, my mom looks at me and she's like, when are you going to get married? At first, I was like, oh, she's joking. I'm like, come on, mom, you know. I'm not going to get married. And then she's like, why? Like, what do you mean? And I'm like, Mom, I'm gay. And you know this. Then I saw that little look on her face turn to more like confusion. Like, you're gay? I was like, oh, my God, she does not remember. She had some short-term memory issues, but I was like, there's just no way that she can't remember this about me. It was just that whole feeling a little bit of shame came out again. And so it was a bit of a uh, shock that I had to go through it again. So after the second time, you're, I mean, do you feel like now she finally gets it? I think at that point I was just like, you know, I'm going to just have to remind her again and this will become part of her memory now. But I think in the back of my head, I just could tell by the way she was looking at me, the way she was talking about it, that she still maybe did not grasp it 100%. Six months pass, and it's another new year. Ben and his family are at the Buddhist temple, where they go every New Year's Day to chant their resolutions. And it's this whole group of probably 500 people or so chanting over and over. And then my mom, just sitting there, she's like, when are you going to get married? Get married. And I was like, oh, no, not right now. And she is like, you just need to find the right girl. I'm going to chant for you. And I'm like, I'm going to chant that you understand. That night, Ben went to his sister, his dad, and had kind of an emergency family gathering. There must be a way, they figured, to get his mom to remember So that's why we came up with this game plan for my dad to talk about. Like, my sister told my dad, I want you to, every night before you go to bed, just say, Junior's gay, (laughs) which we thought was really funny because we didn't know if he would do it or not. And when we were just imagining my mom and my dad, 
<laughs> laying there in their bed and like saying, good night, Junior's gay. <laughs> but just to try to, maybe it would sink into her subconscious while she was sleeping. So we had all these plans. We're like, we just need to talk about it more. You know, like you come home when you go visit them, say, hey, hey, mommy, dad, I'm gay. <laughs> But it turned out the fourth time wasn't the one that would make her finally understand. Neither was the fifth or the sixth. He got to the point where it was just comical because it, the same scenario has happened time and time again. <laughs> she would ask in the morning, maybe at breakfast, and then it wasn't unlikely for it to happen again in the afternoon. Like, Mom, we just talked about it this morning. It's like, what did we say? Wait, so how many times has this happened? Oh, at this point, I, I don't even know. I mean, my brother has a three-year-old son. We just had the birthday at some big chain restaurant, and we're sitting there with all these kids, and I could just see the look in her eye that it's coming because she starts looking at me, looking at the kids. So I'm trying to talk about everything and anything else other than marriage. And, you know, we're making it through the birthday cake, and there she goes. There she goes. When are you going to get married? So are you feeling like she can't get it because of her memory problems or because she doesn't want to get it? Yeah, I mean, I definitely think there must be this emotional block. There's a part of her that just doesn't really want to believe it. Even though she sees me as a happy person every day, she thinks in my life, I probably truly can't be happy unless I'm married, you know, to a woman and I just have this family. So the novelty of it has worn off, definitely, whereas before it was, you know, it's gone run the gamut of frustration to anger to sadness to just being a hilarious story that it would tell to now it's just, I'm just tired of talking about it, kind of. Now it's like, Mom, come on. You know, at this point, you have to know. It's been 10 times or it's been 15 times that we've had this conversation. And I know you must know. And when I was younger, I was almost angry at her for deserting. Like, I was like, where's my real mom? I'm like, gosh, my old mom would give me a hug and say she understood and, you know, support me with it. But now you don't understand. Ben told me that because of this, sometimes he found it easier to not come out at all, to stay in the closet, at least for that day. Sometimes it would be when we were, you know, at the hospital when my dad was, you know, going through chemo from his cancer and she would bring it up, you know, with all her sincerity. And it was, I didn't want to hear it because it was like horrible timing. It would be like, yeah, mom, yep, I'm going to get married, have a baby and head off the question as soon as I could. However this may sound, Ben and his mom are really close. They have this great connection. I went with them one day to the supermarket. They joke around a lot as they're shopping. <laughs> Ben's mom leans on his arm as she walks. Can you carry that? Yeah. Are you sure? <laughs> Sitting in the car afterwards, Ben mentions his sister's pregnancy. We both look at his mom and wait. We knew he was setting her up. Without missing a beat, she turns to him and says she wants him to get married. That's so nice. <laughs> Ben's my friend, and I've heard him imitate his mom saying this dozens of times at parties. But watching it happen, it just seems sad. He patiently explains while his mom shakes her head, and after a while, she starts to cry a little. She stares out the window, away from him. He slaps her on the leg. 
are you eating me? <laughs> <laughs> you want to make me cry. <laughs> <laughs> Just be back to normal. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's my normal. That's not normal. Well, everyone has their own normal, Mom. It's not the same, but you always told me to be proud of our differences. It's not like, see, I mean, you know it's not like I'm choose. I've chosen. There's no way that anyone would choose this. You know that. To choose it to have your parents not want to accept you, you know? Why would you choose that? There's no reason, right? All right. No, now kiss. <laughs> Thank you. I've actually had dreams of my mom before she was sick. You know, it's not necessarily like we're talking about this subject, but I mean, in one dream that I've had, I was with a boyfriend and she was driving us somewhere in our old Chevy Malibu that we had. It was great. We were just like driving. I don't even know we were driving to Kmart or somewhere where we used to always go as kids. And But I just remember being with this guy that I don't remember what he looked like. I wish I did. And she was just driving, just talking like everything was normal. Fine. It was no big deal. And she would know, you know, you know, my son's gay. And I could skip all this trouble of having to come out numerous, endless times. When I first interviewed Ben, I wondered if this was it for him, this kind of one-act play with his mom, a play that would never close. But like I said, that was nine years ago. And recently, I got a chance to catch up with both of them at her house in Seattle. Are you ready to eat? <laughs> it's my favorite. That's right. <laughs> You're always up for a meal, right? <laughs> that second guy you hear, that's Paul. He's Ben's partner. They met right after our first interview, and this is their weekly family dinner with Ben's mom. I make pickles, borscht, and lasagna. <laughs> One time. <laughs> Ben's father passed away a few years ago, and his mom is a lot slower than she used to be. But looking at Paul sitting at the table, laughing and joking with her, it's almost like this is what crumbled her memory block, having Paul around all the time as a friendly reminder that her son is gay. She gets it. And um, yeah, so we've spicy? been together now for eight years. Oh, is that My mom really cares for him as well, thinks he's a great guy, you know, hug and kiss every time she sees him. We just did a birthday dinner for Ben. Oh, yeah. 47. <laughs> Mamma mia, 47. For me, always, he's 15 years old. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Over the time, she would still say, you need to find a wife. And she would still say it. And I'd be like, Mom, I have Paul in the first couple of years. But just recently, I'd say in the last year or two, it turned from when are you going to get married to only when are you going to give me a mago? When are you going to give me a grandchild, a baby? And when I finally said, Mom, you know that I'm with Paul, she was like, I know, but you could still have a mago. Big love from Snap. We hope everything works out. Original score for that piece was by Renzo Gorio. 
And the story was produced by Liz Jones in partnership with our good friends at KUOW. Now, years ago, Liz, she originally edited that tape together with Sarah Koenig. When Sarah worked at This American Life, it took a while. But we are so glad that it finally came out. It's not right. It is not fair for you to know all about this snap judgment storytelling while people, good people, people like you and me, they water these streets ignorant of what they are missing. Let them know if they missed even a moment. You'll all be there for them on the amazing snap judgment podcast. You are welcome. Get it wherever you get your podcast or snapjudgment.org. You are welcome. Snap was produced by the team that absolutely refuses to do any Christmas shopping before Thanksgiving plates are washed and put away. Please, pour some gravy for the Uber producer, Mr. Mark Ristich. Cornbread, Pat Masidi Miller, Anna, Hogmall Sussman, Marissa, Collar Greens Dodge, Nika, the Stuffing Sing, Flo Mac and Cheese Wiley, Eliza Mass Potato Smith, Moonshine, Renzo Gorio, Leon Creamcorn, Morimoto, John Rupia Facil, Banana Pudding, Nancy Lopez, Shayna, Tasteless Vegan Option, Sheely, Tail Hold the Mail to Cot, Liz Second Helping Mac. My name is from Washington. Please hit me on the Twitter if you want to know what I really think about all this here, all these things. And despite the many myriad executives and highly placed government officials who might try to tell you otherwise. Please understand that this is not the news. No way it's the news. In fact, you could receive an invitation to an African-American Thanksgiving feast and upon attending said party, try to pass off Karen's pumpkin pie as Dominique's sweet potato pie and learn instantly on that day what a very, very, very very bad choice you made true story I did try to warn her and you would still still not be as far away from the news as this is but this is WNYC